Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. I'm your host, Dave C. And you're listening to Never Isolated, a show hosted here on TalkShoe. And the show ID is 791-0667. And you're most welcome. Indeed, you are most welcome. And we also have a Twitter account, by the way, that is Never Isolated, where it's uh, all written as a single word. I'm your host, Dave C. And, well, we're not doing about the statistics. Remember, this call, if you haven't caught them before, is mainly Monday to Friday, where we're talking about the impact of this worldwide pandemic, coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic. in the main to do with how it's affecting people like myself who are based in the UK, but we cover news stories from around the world. And I mainly refer to the BBC news site uh, because I want to be accurate as much as possible. But each weekend at the weekend, we put up a quiz. Uh, Now, this indeed is the eighth quiz in our lonesome quiz series. So the full title of today's episode that you're listening to, and thank you for doing so, is episode 60, Never Isolated, The Lonesome Quiz 8. Why is it called lonesome? Well, not because people self-isolating, it's because I'm doing this without a live audience. Yes, I'm doing this actually... um, Uh, I'm doing it as a live show. Any mistakes that I make will be left in, but you will benefit. You will get 10 bonus points. Yes, for all the questions in the quiz, there are 10 points up for grabs. If I have to give a clue or a very strong clue, then your uh, points will go down to five points uh, and uh, you're on your honour to do that yourself. You may want a piece of uh, uh, pen and paper to keep score. And for certainly one round, you may need a pen and paper to work out. In fact, possibly today, this week, you may need uh, that pen and paper for a couple of rounds. But don't make that thing. It's going to be serious and onerous. We're here to enjoy ourselves. We're here for you to enjoy yourself. But as a lonesome quiz, of course, that does mean that there won't be any cut and thrust of other people chatting about unless I play little clips into the room. And um, you will not of course, know whether you got the highest score if you basically won the quiz. But there are around 500 points up to grabs in six rounds of questions. The final question, as always, is an audio round. Some questions, uh, some rounds have more questions than others. Some are easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Uh, One or two you may need to, as I say, just scratch your forehead and uh, figure it out. And then I will give time for most cases. If it looks as though I may have to give a long time, I may suggest that you pause the audio. But please don't pause the audio between every question uh, because some of them, you know, anybody can get the answer right if they have 10 minutes to think about it. So um, use that judiciously if you would be so kind. So if you get a score anywhere over about 350 points, you're doing very well. If you get 400 plus, well, Well done you. But that's all in the future. We're here to enjoy ourselves. And we're going to do that, hopefully, in around about one hour. And uh, where on earth 
Should we start? Okay, let's get started with round one. Good idea. Okay, well, we've got a nanogram round, but yeah, I'm sh I don't know, I haven't had feedback yet on how people are scoring. A couple of friends have mentioned a couple of things, but not uh, actual proper scores. So um, I don't know how difficult the anagram rounds have been in the past, but I thought we'd just turn it up a notch. Yes, you're up for it. Good, good. Well, what we're doing now is um, you're going to have a word and the answer is going to be a word that means the opposite. So it's not a thing so much as a word, but what I want, you have to resolve the anagram. So uh, I can't think of, I should have made an example one, but let's just suppose the letters spelled, uh, well, it can't be black and white. I was going to say, if the letters spelt black, then the answer would be white. But of course, um, it, well, that gives you the sort of idea. So, um, We'll go with that simple thing. So the letters that make the anagram have to spell the first word, but the answer from that is not using the same letters. Okay. Right. We'll see how we go, shall we? Let's get on with it. Now, how many of there are in this round, David? There's 10. Thank you for telling me. Here we go. Right. Mixed up opposites that's the round right and i will spell these out so again have your pen and paper if i was doing this live with an audience then of course i would use the talk to you chat talk to you is where this is hosted and i'd use the text chat to put those in but um, you may be doing this streaming or remotely uh, or elsewhere so you may want to write them down and i will spell even easy words so you know the exact letters that make up the anagram I won't explain that for each one. That's just this first one. Okay. The anagram is vegan tie. And I shall spell that. If you haven't got the pen and paper, pause while you get it. Vegan tie. The letters are V-E-G-A-N-T-I-E. Now, when you have, um, in fact, I'll, I'll just play some in, uh, audio in to give you a bit more time on this first one. While we, we get our heads around what this uh, crazy fellow is asking us to do. But when you've worked it out, whatever the answer is, you want to think of an opposite word for the correct answer. I may even give two lots of uh, scoring for this. I may give you points for getting the anagram and points again for getting the opposite. Ooh, that could give you an extra 100 points. Ooh. Let's see. I'm just playing some audio in now while you think. This is Never Isolated podcast here on Touch You. And please remember, we have a Twitter account, Never Isolated, all one word. Show ID is 7910667. Okay, so that's just to give us a little bit more time on this first one. And vegan tie, it's an anagram of the word negative. That's the word I was looking for. So the answer, the mixed up opposites, the answer to negative is positive. So I think we're going to do it 10 points for getting the anagram correct, negative. 
and five more points if you've got the um, the the alternative. So it's ten points for getting negative, five more points if you worked out that the opposite of that was positive. There's a positive result. You could have got fifteen points there. Okay, we'll go quicker now. Now we've got the idea. Now we're all on board. Number two. Zen four. Z E N F O R. Z E N F O R. All the answers are one word. Can you think of an anagram that you can make from Zen four? Z E N F O R and in five, four, three, two, one. Well, the anagram is uh, that I was looking for is frozen. So 10 points if you worked out frozen. Now, the opposite of this is not unfrozen. <laughs> the answer is that I've got that you get five points for is fresh like you might buy of a fresh chicken or a frozen chicken. So it's fresh and frozen. That's the, I mean, there are more, sometimes with these words, there's more than one equivalent opposite, depending on the the nature of the usage of that word in a given sentence. But the opposite I was looking for there was fresh. So that's 10 points or 15 points are zero points. Okay, number three. Groaned us. G R O A N E D and then U S. Groaned us. Think of a word. And again, these are not necessarily objects or anything, they're just like frozen and fresh, they're descriptors. Descriptions. Negative and positive were descriptors. So there we go. And I'll spell the anagram out one more time and then we'll count down. So it's G-R-O-A-N-E-D-U-S. And in five, four, three, two, one, zero. Grown does, the answer is dangerous. The anagram I was looking for is dangerous. And the opposite that I'm looking for is safe. Dangerous, safe. So 10 points if you got dangerous. A further five if you worked out the opposite is safe. I think the anagram part is harder. So that's why I'm giving 10 for that and five for the other. Okay. Oh, here, here we know. Number four. <coughs> Excuse me. All the answers are one word, remember. A temporal pixie. Oh, I'd like to see that in one of the Star Treks of Doctor Who. A temporal pixie. I'll spell the words out. So it's A and then T-E-M-P-O-R-A-L and then P-I-L. X, Y. 
temporal pixie. I'm trying to think how I could help you there. Well, we've got an X in it. And um, put the P's together. There's two P's. The P's go together. <laughs> That's a little bit of a help, isn't it? The P's go together. All right. In five, four, <clears throat> three, two, one. A temporal pixie, the anagram spells approximately, approximately. Ten points if you got that. The uh, alternate or opposite to that is exactly. You're not giving the an answer approximately. You're giving an answer exactly. So there again, up to 15 points available there. That was number four. There are ten of these. We're up to number five italic fair so we're gonna have more than one word fair so i'm going to spell it all out again italic fair that's i t a l i c f a i r f a i r italic fair And I just have a sip of my cup of tea. Yes, nothing stronger than that. I'm doing this mid-afternoon here. <clears throat> and we'll count down. Five, four, three, two, one. Italic fair, the answer is artificial artificial so if you've got an anagram artificial 10 points the opposite word to artificial is natural so you can have um, a, a coat made of artificial material or natural material number six origami mint i like that one origami mint again I'll spell it out for you O R I G A M I and then M I N T or origami mint. Remember, the answer is one word, so it's quite a long word, as you can see. And I'll give you a clue again because I think this is quite a hard round. We have got some very easy rounds. Um, when you're putting the anagram or uh, the word together, the two M's go next to each other. Does that help? I think that's a clue, but we're still at 10 points. So it's slightly difficult for me to work out just where I'm pitching these quizzes. Um, um, that's why what I try and do is rather than have all hard or all easy, you know, I try and vary the difficulty level of the different round. So if you struggle with this one, you've got two options. Well, you've got three, actually. You can stop listening. Please don't do that. Second option is to sort of uh, skip on to 
round three. And you'll hear me announce round three when it comes. If you just move the slider on a few minutes, um, or um, or you can stick it out. Well done, you. Oh, okay. Origami mint anagram in five, four, three, two, one. And that clue of the two M's may have helped you get to the word immigration. Immigration. And the opposite, of course, is emigration. Immigration is coming into a country. Emigration is leaving to go to another country. So, again, 15 points possible there. Number seven, scene rep. Scene rep. And this is seen like a scene in a film or a movie. So let me spell it out for you. S-C-E-N-E-R-E-P. Scene rep. Clue? Well, you've got three E's in there. Scene rep. And we're a bit quicker now. Five, four, three, two, one. Scene rep becomes presence, meaning your presence in company. You are present. And the answer is absence. Presence and absence. Okay, number eight. Yeasty red. Oh, I like yeasty red. Well, I don't actually like um, a. Uh, um, well, how do I like my red wines? Well, I like tannin in them, certainly. I like vanilla notes. Um, I don't mind a little bit of floral on the nose. Uh, and I like a little bit of licorice. Yes, you can have in uh, in some big reds, you'd have this little licorice note as well as this. Um, uh, vanilla, and you can even have this sort of sandalwood um, um, element coming through. And sometimes people say uh, like a dusty dirt road sort of earthiness. So yeasty red what anagram, one word anagram is that. I think this might be the easiest one of the round. And in five, four, Three, two, one. Yeasty red. The answer is yesterday. So the answer is tomorrow. Yesterday was behind us. Tomorrow is in front of us. Number nine. Just two more to go on this. Then we'll go on uh, to a different round, of course. Okay. Luna Yo TV. Spell that out for you. L-U-N-A-R-Y-O-T-V. And if you're wondering when I'm doing this mid-afternoon, if I finish this in the time I think, I'll just be able to watch the uh, SpaceX landing, uh, the um, capsule come back down from the International Space Station, and they've named it Endeavour, Capsule Endeavour. Apparently, the astronauts that go up in it are allowed to give it an official name. Now, whether that 
name only lasts for the mission. Uh, with the, this particular shuffle, shuttle, whenever it's reused, will maintain the name uh, uh, Capsule Endeavour. And they picked that name because it had a meaning for the two guys, but it also was for all the endeavors getting uh, launches back on American soil after about nine years of relying on the Russian launches. That's given you long enough, has it? Lunar Yo TV, the answer is, and I thought about that because of the word lunar, I suppose, the answer is voluntary. So the answer that's the opposite is compulsory. So if you got voluntary, 10 points. If you worked out compulsory, that's a further five. Last one. This is not really a word, this first one. 2QSIN. And I'll spell it out. T-O-Q-U-E. And then S-I-N. 2QSIN. Q might be a help there, and let's have a little drink, and then we'll give that countdown. <clears throat> yes, as I've been doing this now, the um, SpaceX capsule should be landing in about an hour, so I've got about 40 minutes more as I do. Of course, doing it live, I'm not pausing myself to do this, I'm doing it as a, uh, a single take here. Okay, the answer to 2Q sin is question. So the answer is reply, but I'll accept answer. But to question some, ask a question and reply, but um, I will accept the alternate as well. And that's from um, wordsmith.org for the anagrams there. Okay, let's see. Okay, let's move on to round two. Good plan. Well done. That's my doppelganger doing that. Okay, now we're on a memory test here. Now, this is where, you know, please don't pause. Please don't wind back. Um, it's a memory test. Now, I am going to re read you a number of statements. And then I'm going to ask you some questions about those statements. But you won't know until I've finished all the statements and you've got to try and hold them all in your memory. See, so uh, any shorthand typists out there, don't, um, you know, write it there, don't write it down. Just listen. I won't leave too long between each one so that, you know, you haven't got time to write them down. And then I'm going to ask you memory questions on them. So here we go. A one foot square white cardboard box with a sticker saying family photos on the top lid. A furry purple and green toy dragon called George. A large 250 mil stemmed glass half full of Merlot. It's a type of wine. A tall, fluted green vase with six daffodils in it, two of which have drooped. 
a pair of woman's red slippers, size seven, with a pink bobble only on the left one. A dark blue man's tie covered in black and red spotted ladybirds, or ladybugs as you say it in the United States. A black baseball hat with the words Grand Canyon sewn in gold thread at the front. A red bordered white face square kitchen clock showing the time at nine minutes past eight. A bedside reading lamp with a pale blue shade and silver brocade trimming. A cream coloured porcelain Alpine Shepherd boy with a small dog jumping at his right side. That's not real life, that's part of the porcelain statue. Now, I could ask you about 100 questions there, but that was the idea, of course. And now I'm talking, that's the other idea, is to make it difficult for you to remember. So, I could ask, as I say, but I'm only going to ask 10 questions. So, there's a lot I could pick out, and each one you get is 10 points. Question one. What type of wine was in the glass? 10 points if you remembered it was Merlot. Two, color of the shade on the bedside lamp. It was blue, 10 points. What size were the women, woman's slippers that I mentioned? They were size seven. Might have said the blue too quickly on the second one. That might give you 10 points. I suddenly realized I almost said the answer straight away. I needed to give you a chance to gather your thoughts. So let's just go through the first three again. The, the wine was Merlot. The color of the shade of the bedside lamp. And I didn't give you enough time to think back. That was blue. So I think everybody gets 10 points for that. What size was the woman's slipper? I did wait for that one. And the answer was seven. We remember to pause longer now. Number four, what type of flowers were in the vase? Two of them were drooping, remember? That's not the question. Just what type of flowers? And the answer was daffodils. The flowers were daffodils. Number five. The vase that held those daffodils, what was the colour of it? It was green. What creature was the furry toy? It was a dragon. Now that dragon actually had two colours in it. So 
Either colour will do. <clears throat> Alright, get 10 bonus points if you get both of them, I suppose. Dragon was called George, if that helps your memory. It was purple and green. Okay. Eight. There was a porcel porcelain figure figurine of a shepherd boy, but there was also an animal in on next to the figurine as part of the figurine. What was it? Now I think this was an easy one, but because he's called a shepherd's boy. I wonder if people thought, oh, it must be a sheep. But of course, the answer was, it was a dog. Okay, a man was wearing a tie. It had a type of insect. What was the insect? And the answer was a ladybird or a ladybug. And the last one on round two. What item of clothing had Grand Canyon stitched or sewn onto the front of it? What item of clothing? And the answer was it was a baseball cap. Yeah, I think it was on the peak, but it was a baseball cap. So there's another 10 points. So. Wow, where does that leave us? Hope you're doing okay. It's time for round three. Oh, right, we've just got some um, questions. Um, well, they're all ice cream related. Yeah, I'm sorry, I can't give you an ice cream. Uh, but they are all sort of vaguely, uh, very much so, related to ice cream. And uh, let me see, how many have we got on this? We've only got six on this. Yeah, I couldn't afford to buy everybody an ice cream. Here we go. <clears throat> One. Which country is home to an ice cream bean? Fruit that tastes like vanilla ice cream. I'm sure it has a, a more, you know, a more professional name than that. But that's what it's known by is the ice cream bean. I'm going to give a clue in a minute, but that clue will knock you down to five points. All right, if you haven't got it, the clue is, it's not actually a country, it's a state of America. So I suppose if you've already said America, you're right by default. And the answer is Hawaii. So I'll accept America, I suppose, because Hawaii, of course, is 50th state of uh, USA. Number two. Which is the most profitable day of the week for ice cream sellers? And I think this documentation is from the UK. So in the UK, we're not talking about seasonality here and we're not talking about the weather. Given all of the things being equal, which day of the week are most ice creams sold on? And just for background, in the UK, we don't have so many ice cream parlours. They're mainly sold from uh, 
vans, our trucks that go round the estates, you know, playing music. Plus, of course, you can buy it in the shops or in the supermarkets <coughs> or the stores. And the answer is Sunday. Although I did say ice cream sellers, so I suppose that by definition really was just people going around selling ice cream. Number three, how many gallons of milk to create one gallon of ice cream? Now, this doesn't really matter whether it's imperial gallons or the American version because we're talking about the proportion. How many of one, how many of one of milk does it take one gallon of ice cream so if we're talking english gallons or american ones the proportion will still be the same the number will still be the same you think you need two do you think you need 20 do you need five do you need 16 do you need seven perhaps narrowed it down well the answer is 12 takes 12 gallons of milk to, to make one gallon of ice cream. Number four, 80% of the world's vanilla bean used for ice cream is grown in which country? I certainly didn't know this. When you, I've been caught out on questions like this before. Uh, people think, you know, well, tea, it's grown in India. But there are many countries uh, that grow tea, and Africa grows a lot. There are, you know, many countries that grow tea. But this is vanilla beans for ice cream grown in which country? I'll give you a clue. This country is also an island. Pretty big island, but it's an island. And the answer is, you still get 10 points, it's Madagascar, off the coast of Africa, Madagascar. Number five, in the United States, which month is deemed to be National Ice Cream Month? National Ice Cream Month. And as we're doing this quiz here uh, today, it's um, going to be for... Um, uh, Saturday the 30th of May 2020. I'll give you a clue, and this is a free clue. The National Month isn't May. So, what do we think? This is the last question on round three. No, it isn't one more. This is five. The answer is July. I think you could have figured that out, 4th of July and all that uh, in the United States. And the last one on this round, calories. How many calories in one cup of vanilla ice cream? Uh, one large scoop, I suppose that would be. And I'm going to give you four choices here to make it easier. One good portion of ice cream are there. Um, 252 calories, 305 calories, 242 calories, 
273 calories. Now, if you pick your own number uh, and it's not one of those, then it won't be right. But try and pick the nearest one to it. So I'll say them out again for the, the benefit of those. So let somebody think, well, I was thinking around 300. I was thinking about, you know, 280. You know, which is the nearest that equates to what you're thinking? Is it 252, 305, 242, or 273? And the answer is 273. And I went to um, www.icecreamhistory.net and I went to www.icecream.com Oh, and that was in a, a, a second page of Fun Facts. Um, so there you go. Well, where does that leave us? Okay, time for round four. There you go. So, um, you know, wipe your chin, put the uh, ice cream. This is a short round, but it's a bit of a brain teaser. So you will, I think, need the pen and paper. Because I'm going to ask you to do some maths. Oh, no, it's not as simple as that. You're good at maths here. Well... This has got a twiz, a twiz. It's got a twist because it's all Roman to me. Yes, it's maths with Roman numerals. <laughs> yeah, so here we go. What's the answer to this sum? D minus C equals. D minus C equals. Might take, find this one a bit hard as you get into it and remember what your Roman numerals are. I think most people will know what the C stands for. But do you know what the D stands for? Okay, we'll move on. The answer is 400. 10 points if you get 400. Because D is 500. And C is 100. So it's 500 take away 100. Answer 400. Right. Let's try this one. 1x times x1 equals. Oh, that's a last one, is it? 9. Uh, sorry. 1x times x1. Might have given you a bit of a clue there by mistake. Okay, we're going to count down 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And the answer is 99 because it's 9 times by 11. X1 is X is 10. So one in front of it means that's a 9 times by X plus 1, which is 11. So it's, um, um, it's 99. 9 times 11, 99. Okay, here's the next one. There's only two more. Oh, uh, sorry, three more. There's five in this round. Um, L times v l times v 
Now, you know D stands for 500. You know C stands for 100. You know X stands for 10. You know 1 stands for 1. Do you know what L times V stands for? I'm going to sip of me cup of tea. <coughs> Excuse me. And the answer is, because it's the times, is 250. Because L is 50 times by V, which is 5. 5 times 50, 250. Too much go. X minus 111. X minus 111. That's an easy peasy one. Easy peasy one. Yes, we won't dwell on that one too long. X is 10. 111 is 3. 10 minus 3 answer is 7. Okay. You'll definitely need to write this next one down. LX1V. I'll let you write that down again. LX1V. Divided by x v one equals what? Let's see. I'm going to play that little thing I played in before, just to uh, mark some time. This is never isolated podcast here on Touch You, and please remember we have a Twitter account, never isolated, all one word. Show ID is seven nine one zero double six seven. Okay, have we got that one? Well, time is up. I'm going to talk you through it a little bit. So the first number, LX1V, is L is 50 plus X is 10. That's 60. But then in front of that is a V, but a 1 in front of the V. So the V of 5 is reduced to 4. So it's 50 plus 10 plus four so the first number is 64 and we're dividing it by x v one x is 10 again but this time the v has a one after it so that v and a one is six so that number is 16 so it's 64 divided by 16 and the answer is four and that's a much easier one that blooming perry g put on facebook i couldn't get it right but the graphics were slightly sly they weren't roman numerals but they were wearing shoes or weren't wearing shoes or carrying an ice cream cone and won't and i had about eight girls it and uh, i'm sorry perry i gave up on that but uh, listeners my list is not giving up here as we well, what do we do? What do we do? Here's round five. Oh, we go on to round five. Well, that's good. Right. This is it. This is, I think, the easiest round of the lot. One of the easiest rounds I've ever done. And there are ten. We're going to go fairly quick fire because we want to get onto the audio round because we want to watch SpaceX. By the time you listen to this, it'll be all done and dusted and a very successful mission, I hope. Uh, in cont- in entirety, but here we go. And um, hmm, I'm just wondering whether I actually made a mistake when I said they will be coming down. And they've got to. I th- I'm not sure whether they've actually docked yet with the space station. But um, by the time you listen to this, uh, it will be over 
in most cases anyway. Good luck to the guys. Here we are, round five, and we're on collective nouns. Now, we'll start with creatures, and then we'll move on. Okay. Question one, herrings. What do you call a large number of herrings together? What's the collective noun? We'll go fairly quick through these. And it's like many fish, it's a school. So you would say a school of herrings. Number two, oxen. Oxen. What's a group word for, or a collective word for oxen? I'm going to be fairly quick. It's a team of oxen. Termites. You see, a great number of termites all together on the ground, going through the forest, hopefully not in your house. What would you say? Well, you'd probably swear, but we're not asking for the swear word you'd use. We're looking for the word colony, a colony of termites. Yes, I said we're going quickly through this one. Elephants. Group of elephants. Now, we may say a family of elephants. That's true. But... Uh, if there's more than one family of elephants together moving through uh, seeking out water in the jungle, we would say we were seeing what? Well, we would be saying we're seeing a herd of elephants. Ten points for each of these. Easy peasy tens, these are. Right, I've got two answers for the next one, and it's penguins. A large grouping of penguins. Well, I'd actually be tempted to say which the, the answer is the secondary answer I've got. I would be tempted to say a colony of penguins. It's good enough for David Attenborough when he's in the Antarctic and saying the colony of penguins are hunkered down against the icy winds. But in actual fact, rookery is also a word you can use with penguins. Number six, and this is the last of the creature ones, monkeys. I told you it was easy. It won't wait too long for that. A troop of monkeys. A troop of monkeys. Right. Uh, a few here of, um, well, just a couple here of different ones. Uh, people. If you saw a lot of sightseers going around Venice or um, somewhere in Florida or whatever, what would be a group name for them? No, a nice, polite name for them. It's a gaggle of sightseers. I think I knew that one, but I didn't get it. I didn't come to mind. Right. Entertainers. If you saw an assembled group of entertainments, entertainers. Well, that would be, I'm going to accept two answers, but the answer I've got is troop. But I will accept a company of entertainers as well, but a troupe of entertainment. And I suppose that comes from when the circus came into town and they sort of paraded through um, the streets. Just two more um, uh, and these are different again. Things. And that's what they are. They are things, just two of them. The first one is curiosities. What would you call 
what would be the group term for curiosities? Perhaps it's a fair and they've got the stall laid out. It's really simple, this. It's so obvious you probably won't get it because you're thinking, well, that's too obvious. It's collection of curiosities, a collection of uh, curiosities. Although I think I would accept menagerie. Um, I, I've uh, remember a famous film called The Glass Menagerie, where somebody had these glass animals. Um, well, mind you, that might have been referring to the fact that they were animals, mightn't it? Not the uh, collection. So, collection of curiosities. We'll scratch that bonus. And the last one in this round: brain. Now you can have a storehouse of grain, but I'm thinking of it. Um, before it's been prepared, in a sense. I'm thinking more old-fashioned. And the answer is a sheaf of grain. But I will accept a silo of grain or any gardening terms or farming terms such as that. So that was 10 rounds. There was probably at least 120 points in that round. So let me have a count up. I think you could easily be up if you've done ever so well. You could be up to, um, oh, you could be up to uh, 400 points because we're now coming. Hang on a minute. We've had group. Let's see what happens when I play this clip. Okay, last round for today, round six. Oh, and it's the last round, round six, this last, and it's an audio round. Oh, and here it is. And it's simply voices. And all you have to do is identify the voice talking at some interview. So they're not particularly acting a part. They're, they're in discussion. Um, and what I will do with this is I will play a short, I'll play it shortened, and then I may play it a little longer. Um, if I think the longer clip gives too much away, then I'll reduce you to five points. But for the moment, ten points. Who is talking? Cry some more. Run the water. I'd go to get out of the tub go, oh, I'm not done yet. And then cry some more. So I literally cried myself out. Now, all, all in the entertainment world, I would think that's the easiest way of saying it. I think that wasn't too easy, so you're still at 10 points. Who's talking? Cry some more. Run the water. I'd go to get out of the tub and go, oh, I'm not done yet. And then cry some more. So I literally cried myself out in the tub so that I could be a normal person. So you sit and you look at the interview with Diana Ross. I'm pretty normal. I look pretty normal. That's because I cried myself out the night before. Like when I see her. And the answer is Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey was talking there. Number two, we've got eight of these. Who's talking? Yeah, I rehearsed with it and I broke out in high school. I was a little scared about it after that happened. Okay. But then once I had... Not because one... you were lurking. Now, who was that? I think she sounds very young then. Indeed, she was very young at this interview. So this person is a good... Um, 15 years are more older than she may sound here. But that's probably the, the voice that people recognize anyway. Okay, play it again. You're still on 10 points. Yeah, I rehearsed with it and I broke out in high school. I was a little scared about it after that happened. Okay. But then once I had... Not because you were allergic to the python, because you were afraid. Yeah, I was really afraid. And because, you know, I was yeah. breaking out in hives. Yeah. And, um, but no, once I got on... And there was a clue there. 
She performed once with a python over her shoulders. I think it was an albino one because it was almost like orangey instead of in the normal colours. And you were listening to, well, I played it one more time, Britney Spears. <laughs> okay, number three. Yeah, I know, these jokes are brilliant. I get them off Ian, you know. You've got an old joke book he lends me. Here we go. Number three, who's talking? We've spent two years getting this together and there's been so much hard work and effort. And so today, just, you know. Yeah, it's that an easily recognisable voice. you got to, it's difficult sometimes if indeed that is an actor, an actress, you know, you know, you're hearing their own voice, which you may not often hear, uh, depending on what sort of parts they would play. Here we go. Ten points. Who is speaking? We've spent two years getting this together, and there's been so much hard work and effort. And so today, just you know, it just signifies the beginning, and that's just very exciting. Okay, it was none other than oh seven himself, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig was speaking there. Here we are number four. An actor creates a character for me, for you, and for millions of people around the world. People who. Oh, I think that voice is quite recognisable. Although he's talking about actors rather than him being one. Right, I'm going to play that again. I think that's a very recognisable voice. I may not play it any longer. We'll play it again. An actor creates a character for me, for you, and for millions of people around the world, people who do not speak the same language, but they share this character, one that inhabits our most impossible dreams. And That's it. Okay, time's coming up. Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. We're up to number five. And they're only eight in this round, the final round. Here we go. So I met with Fincher, and, and it was really f sitting down with, with uh, my now dear friend, David Fincher. Uh, and I remember this moment. We just were talking the same language. Now, I think his voice sounds a little deeper than I remember it from a number of films. Who is that? I'll play it again and then I might give a hint. So I met with Fincher and, and it was really f sitting down with, with uh, my now dear friend, David Fincher. Uh, and I remember this moment, we just were talking the same language, the same love of films, the same um, irritations with film. Okay, I'm not too sure I can give a, a hint that wouldn't, Totally give it away. Um, no, I don't think I can give a clue. Because uh, if I gave you a clue, it wouldn't be worth any points, I don't think. It was Brad Pitt. The actor speaking there was Brad Pitt. Number six. I mean, it was luck to be able to work with the people that I've worked with. The, and just the ability to look at and find what... I, I, I'm being very kind to you. I've been very, after a couple of difficult rounds at the beginning, you see, it's worth sticking with me. These are the easy peasy. Ten points of pop. Who was that? 
I'll play it again. I may not play it much longer, but I'll play it again. I mean, it was luck to be able to work with the people that I've worked with, the, and just the ability to look at and find what, what works for me. I do a tremendous amount of research before every picture. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, I work very, very hard. And he's got a, a, uh, a sequel to a film he made about 30-odd years ago. One was called Top Gun. And it was Top Gun 2, I suppose. And it was Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Just two left. It's like a stream of consciousness. It's like, uh, to be or not to be, that is the question. Whether it's tis nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take arms against a sea of troubles, and by opposing, end them. To die, to sleep, and by sleep, to say we end. Yeah, classically trained, I think you can guess there. But who was it? I will give you a clue on this one. In a moment. Okay, you're going down to five points if you only get it with his clue. Um, he's been knighted. He's a sir. He's an actor and he's sir something something. Play it again. You're on five points if you only now get it. It's like it. a stream of consciousness. It's like uh, to be or not to be. That is the question. Whether it's tis nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune or to take arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing end them, to die, to sleep, and by sleep to say we end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to. Tis a consummation devoutly to be wished, to die, to sleep, perchance to dream. Aye, there's the rub. Is that sort of thing. <laughs> All right, have you got it? Sir Ralph Fiennes. I can never pronounce his surname. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I won't say anything more because I've got one more thing to play and I don't want to influence your thinking. So uh, here we go, last one. Dyspraxia, which I have a very mild form of, is basically hand-eye coordination and processing. Hmm. Now, I think that's a very recognisable voice. Are you thinking? Okay. Reminds me that uh, that, that dispatch you, one of the uh, Doctor Who companions suffered from that. Uh, the uh, the uh, current, I should say the recent Doctor, but I should say the current Doctor, one of her companions. Anyway, we're not on that. This person isn't in Doctor Who, but who is it? Dyspraxia, which I have a very mild form of, is basically hand-eye coordination and processing. <clears throat> so... My hand-eye coordination now is very good. When I was younger, it was terrible. But yeah, I mean, it's, it hasn't really affected my life in any massive. Mm. No, but being left in the basket on a doorstep might have affected his life. But that was fictional because we're talking about none other than Harry Potter himself, Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe is the answer to our final question of round six of never well episode 50 of never isolated lonesome quiz eight whoa excellent uh, i almost want to give myself a, a round of applause uh, 
you're too kind. You're too kind. Well, thank you very much. I hope you made it to the end um, of uh, our weekend quiz. Don't know how many more of these we're going to be doing as we go forward. Uh, currently, uh, uh, as uh, we're getting starting June's, um, that things are changing in a number of worlds, uh, in, a number of, in a number of countries, but it may be still a long road ahead. So for the moment, uh, Monday to Friday, I will continue with the the uh, more um, fact-based uh, episodes of Never Isolated. Uh, and then uh, at the weekend, I will do uh, a few more of these quizzes. It'd be very nice if we got up to certainly maybe... 12 quizzes at the most and then hopefully in the future when all this is all in the past i, I may even occasionally bring out these uh, 12 quizzes uh, and just tweet about them in the years to come just as a reminder of all that we have gone through and hopefully overcome succeeded and return to whatever the, the new normal will be so take care everybody and uh, i'll just play us out with our normal uh outing but uh, i will be back on the 1st of june monday the 1st of june with episode 61 of never isolated oh thank you for listening and i hope you did very well indeed thank you for listening to never isolated show id 7910667 hosted here on talk show bye for now it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.